You're listening to the Kerry Woodham Mornings Podcast from Newstalk ZB. We have been talking about insurance earlier this morning, and coincidentally, a release just out from the Insurance Council of New Zealand says just over a third of 2023's climate claims have been settled. Combined claims for the Auckland anniversary weekend flooding in Cyclone Gabriel now stand at 96,586 claims, worth $2.47 billion. Insurers have so far paid out more than 33,000 of them, which is 34% of the claims. Insurance Council Chief Executive Tim Grafton joins me now. Good morning to you. Good morning, Kerry. And thank you for taking the time. I know it's an incredibly busy time for you. How does it work? How if, if so many people suffered all sorts of damage in the flooding and then Cyclone Gabrielle, do the ones that are easy to fix go to the top of the pile? Do the ones where your assessors think, bloody hell, where do we start? Go to the bottom? How, how does the process work? Oh, look, there's a, uh, a natural response. So whilst we've made a really good start uh, on settling claims, they're mainly uh, motor vehicle uh, claims, you know, where cars were clearly flooded, written off. We know the sum insured. It's a very straightforward uh, settlement that can occur. Similarly, with contents claims, if people have provided us with pictures and, and like, and we can see the uh, value of the uh, sum insured for contents, and it's below that, and we can uh, quickly establish uh, a settlement on that basis. But when it comes to houses that have been flooded, it gets a lot more complicated. That's why I just want to adjust the expectations about the pace of settlement. So we've made a great start, uh, settled uh, uh, 34,000 claims. Uh, But uh, the harder bit uh, is going to be uh, house claims. So we've got to have houses relined, dried out. Uh, we've got houses that have been in landslip areas where it becomes even more complicated. You've got to uh, see uh, the land stop moving. You've got to then have geotechnical area-wide testing undertaken. You've got to look at wider repair solutions, and, and that's before you can even start the repair and rebuild. Uh, we've got remote regions where it's going to be, uh, you know, access is still <laughs> very yeah. challenging yeah. Uh, and with sort of huge problems around uh, silt and silt removal. So for housing claims, uh, these are going to take a lot longer to work through. Uh, so we're t- talking months and well into 2024. Yeah. So that's, that's the context, really. Yes, so you've got the low-hanging fruit, really, at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we've uh, low-hanging fruit. It's ma- meant that we've been able to settle about four hundred million dollars worth of claims, uh, and that's that's good. Uh, and and we should be doing that. Uh, but uh, you know, it is going to be a uh, uh, a long, uh, hard. Um, uh, commitments that we're right up yeah. for uh, over the next uh, months and well into next year uh, for some of the more complex housing claims. Yeah, now the real work starts, doesn't it? I mean, I had a, a text from somebody, our home is red-stickered, all access destroyed, land is unstable around the house, yet as the house seems undamaged, we may be facing no insurance cover and minimal EQC cover. Um, so uh, that's where it starts to get tricky, doesn't it? Uh, look, uh, 
first of all, uh, red stickered uh, means that it's uh, stickered by the council because it presents a health and safety life risk. Uh, so uh, that doesn't mean that the uh, house... So, so we can't access that house yeah. uh, for a start yeah. to assess what, what damage has occurred. So it, 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 because no one can access it, we don't know whether there has been damage or not. I, I suspect there has been damage from the description that, that, that's been provided. Um, so, uh, and again, you know, you have to sort of check what that particular insurance policy is says yes. uh, in terms of what the coverage is. So very difficult for me to respond to that. But, oh, yeah. But uh, there'll be lots yeah. in that position, wouldn't there, with that kind of diff- level of difficulty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- that's right. Uh, mm. Look, uh, not pretending that there aren't, uh, you know, some quite complex issues that are, that are going to uh, ha- have to be worked through. But, uh, I mean, insurers are there to work that through with their customers and support them. Uh, over the journey until, uh, you know, they're they're put right. What happens, um, because we've got winter coming up now, so you've got a house that you're trying to sort of sort out and there's been some erosion or landslips or flood damage, and then it gets further damaged while you're waiting for it to be repaired. Is that two separate claims? Uh, So if there's additional damage, you know, say from a new flooding event or a... uh, um, or, or the like, then uh, the additional damage would be a further claim on top of the existing claim for the damage that occurred, say, from the Auckland anniversary weekend or Cyclone Gabrielle uh, events. So, uh, you know, it, it's, if it's additional, it's over and above uh, what the, uh, the previous damage claim was. Oh, dear. It's... Is it going to mean that all of our insurance premiums go up, Tim? Uh, I often get asked this question, and uh, <laughs> not software industry organisation to state what uh, will happen to premiums. But but look, uh, it's a no-brainer to uh, look at. First of all, you know, uh, uh, very significant levels of inflation affecting all sectors, and construction inflation uh, high as well, which is material to uh, house insurance. Uh, secondly, uh, on top of that, we've had these events. Uh, these are many times the order of magnitude of claims from extreme weather events that this country has ever experienced. Uh, so that's a factor uh, to uh, uh, put into the mix as well. So I'll let people draw their own conclusions on that. That Yes, yes I think that would be a yes. So people who are still waiting for claims to be settled... Yes. They should be prepared for a bit of a wait. It kind of depends on their circumstances. So, like, if you are, uh, you know, still have motor and contents claims, uh, that should be reasonably straightforward. But if you've got contents claims in the red sticket house where we can't gain access, uh, yeah. then, uh, but. But if it's a red stick at a house where three metres of water have been through it, uh, then we can pretty well assume that the contents uh, are munted. So it uh, just yeah. depends on the circumstances uh, at the time. Uh, but you're, if you're in a, in a uh, if you own a property where there is uh, landslip uh, damage, if there are multiple adjacent properties with retaining wall, shared retaining walls. Uh, again, uh, that's going to be a complex set of um, 
clams to sort through. If you're uh, in uh, a region where you know there is uh, silt up to the roof, uh, uh, that that is going to take time to uh, work through. So so it, it kind of depends, and there are a lot of properties where you know maybe uh, the water just came through and uh, you know slightly touched the floorboards. But if you've had water damage, you know one of the things that we have to do apart from uh, assess uh, the, the the loss is uh, you know strip out and let the wood dry and, mm. and that can take uh, weeks for that to happen yeah. before you can have the uh, you know the appropriate consents to go ahead and 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 do the do the work that's required. So uh, you know we're looking for you know uh, good workaround solutions from councils to uh, assist us to be able to. Uh, you know, settle claims for their ratepayers and our customers uh, as efficiently as we can do. And what about the red zoning? Who is responsible for making those decisions? Oh, any decisions about a no-go uh, residential area would rest with uh, government. Uh, it, it's not an insurance decision. Uh, so is it not? Is very f- I would have thought, uh, no, like, no. if you can't get insurance, doesn't that contribute towards it being a, a red zoned area? Well, uh, you know, there are complexities around... So a decision of not being able to live somewhere is a Mm. government decision. An insurer can't make that decision. Uh, Also, you know, uh, some of the assessments of whether or not uh, people, you know, government may want want people to live or not live in certain areas or develop in certain areas will really come down to, you know, life safety risks. Now, let's not forget that, uh, you know, I think uh, about 11 people lost their lives uh, in these events. Uh, So, you know, uh, we're very much aware that there was very fast-flowing water at very deep water uh, in uh, Hawke's Bay uh, and massive logs. Uh, you know, going through uh, so very risky uh, conditions, uh, and so those life safety decisions are, are ones that will be no doubt uh, first and foremost on people's minds. Uh, and then there's you know issues around uh, you know uh, insurability as well. But uh, you know it's got to be a more holistic look at. Uh, making those decisions, you know, do mm. people really want to live in areas where, you know, they may have a reasonably high risk of having to clear out uh, contaminated uh, soil from their house on a uh, regular basis? You know, want to live in an area where, you know, potentially the uh, amenity value is getting degraded over time if you look at sort of climate change impacts. So there's a whole host of other in- issues that are in play as well as, you uh, you know, uh, insurance. Absolutely. Thank you for your time, Tim. I appreciate it. Tim Grafton, Insurance Council's Chief Executive, talking about the fact that you know, about a third of the claims have been settled so far after the Auckland anniversary weekend flooding and cycling, Gabrielle, but they are the, the motor and contents claims, the more straightforward ones. There's still the significant, complex and expensive claims that are going to take much longer to settle. For more from Kerry Woodham Mornings, listen live to News Talk ZB from 9am weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.
If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.